0: Better turn this way so I got you guys too. So good to be with you. I have been looking forward to this. I brought my own cheering section over here. Parker and Isaac, two great kids, good friends of ours. Psalm 100. Psalms 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good; His love endures forever, and His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Hmm. And so we've shouted to joy, or for joy to the Lord today, have we not? And we know that the Lord is God, and it's He who's made us, and not we ourselves. We are to give our lives completely to Him, and then we're told. Why? Three easy points. He says, first, he said, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. You know, we have inflation, but we have word inflation, too. It used to be that the word good meant good. But today, it doesn't mean good. I mean, if you want to really compliment somebody, you say, oh, wow, that's awesome. I can't believe how unbelievable. You know, if your wife walks down the steps and she's got a new dress on, And she says to you, how do you like my dress? And you say, that's good. She says, what's wrong with this dress? You said, I said it was good. Yeah, but just good? Jesus corrected somebody when they said good master. He says, whoa, whoa. You're calling me good? There's no one good but God. Good used to be a good word. It still is. He is good. In Him, there is no darkness, no shadow of turning in Him. He is good. I want to tell you, I've looked forward to meeting with you. I've looked forward to sharing here because I love your pastor and his wife. I do. What I'm about to say, I can't tell you how deeply I feel this. This is not pastor talk. Bivocational pastors are my heroes. To put on a suit, in, in Pastor Tibbs' case, a, a sheriff's uniform, and Work. 40 hours a week, and then prepare a message, and then marry some of you, and then bury some of you, and then sometimes get the Hatfields in one corner and the McCoys over here and try to make peace with some of you, and to know his prayer for you, and the weight of carrying a congregation on your shoulders. I've never had to do it. I've always been afforded the privilege of being a full-time pastor. But my heroes are bivocational pastors. And this one in particular, because this pastor is unusual. This man is gentle. I don't think we have a greater example in Lima, Ohio of the gentleness and the humility of Jesus Christ than we have in your pastor. And it's my prayer that his influence would grow. That more and more people would fall under the influence of this godly man. Lima, Ohio has many needs. But none greater than our great need of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I am praying that your pastor is part of whatever the Lord wants to do next. Next. And so uh, I'm going to ask him and his sweet wife to come and kneel right down front here. And uh, just for a moment, I'm going to ask you to come and surround them and lay a hand on them. Would you please? She's downstairs with the kids, isn't she? Well, that stands the reason, doesn't it? <laughs> if you would, kneel, brother. We'll wait till Mrs. Tibbs comes up. I want to tell you, I have uh, followed this church. I was a good friend of your former pastor who has been elevated into the Lord's presence. Pastor Tibbs, a, a godly man that I greatly loved. And, uh, and to see the ministry fall on his son's shoulders gives us great joy. So she'll be up here in just a moment. And then, whoever wants to come, lay a hand on them. I want to ask that the Lord takes what they've been doing and turns it I I should have. and we talked about what people got for Christmas but didn't really talk about the heart of the issue so finally I said hey how are you doing really really what's going on how are you doing and he got real quiet real quiet finally he said you know This is the darkest chapter of my life. I've never been through anything like this. I wouldn't wish this on anybody. It's been darker than I can tell you. He said, and I'm at bottom. And then he paused the beat or two. But then he said, but I've discovered something. I discovered that when you hit bottom, <laughs> the bottom's solid. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. The bottom is solid. And he talked about the enduring love of the Lord. Now, here we are, a year and a half into a pandemic. I know you're tired of it. I don't know where to look for the camera at home, but somewhere there's a camera. (laughs) Some of you are at home, and uh, I get it, I get it. I do, I get it. We're tired of this. (laughs) And he'll get us through it. It's really not affecting his kingdom or his reign. Because he loves with an enduring love. And he'll love you with an enduring love. And does love you with an enduring love. Because he is good. He's good. You know, uh, two of Satan's greatest devices in our lives. One is to get us to distort who God is. Has some kind of distortion. The second is to distort who we are. They both have to do with identity. We doubt the Lord's identity, we doubt our identity. But hear me today. Here's who he is. The Lord is good. He's good. He's good. He is good. And he loves. With an enduring love. I love how Psalms picks up on, on, on um, the 34th chapter of Exodus. Where God makes his first autobiographical statement about himself. Moses prays and asks God to show him his face. And God, in essence, says, Moses, I can't show you my face. If you see my face, you die. You don't want to do that. But here's what I'll do. I will come and I will put you uh, between some rocks. Actually, the old King James says, I will hide you in the cleft of a rock, right? We know that him. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Right? And I will cover your face. And when I walk by you... I will, you you can see me from behind, and that won't kill you. (laughs) It will amaze you, (laughs) and it will make you glow. It did. They had to cover him because he glowed so much, but it won't kill you. And so God did just that. Put him in a cleft of rock, and when he walked by him, he put his hands over his eyes until he was beyond him. And then Moses could see him from behind. And as he walked by, he said this. This It's the first thing God has ever said about himself. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. The first thing he says about himself is compassion. I am compassionate. The second thing he has to say about himself is, I am gracious. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Abounding in love and faithfulness. Forgiving the sins to a thousand generations. That's who he is. And, and I love the psalm, the psalms. It's my favorite book of the Bible because it picks that up. You, you can see that one, those two or three verses. You, you can see them over and over again throughout the psalms. He loves with an enduring love. He's good. For the Lord is good. He loves with an enduring love. He is faithful. We sing a song at our church. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. I love it. He is faithful. He is faithful throughout all generations. David wrote this 3,000 plus years ago. And he's as faithful today as he was when these words were written. He is faithful. You know, the older we get, it's our prayer that the more often God shows us his faithfulness, that with each new predicament we find ourselves in or struggle we find ourselves in, part of us would say, well, okay, here comes a struggle but we've been through this before and God's been faithful before you know I would hope that when we're 60 50 we don't spaz out you know over a couple of flat tires the way we did when we were 20 right okay well that's inconvenient but the Lord's good and the Lord's faithful years ago my little family that are all now grown. I don't know how that happened. I don't. Some of you with little kids. Who's the parents of that little drummer over here? My goodness. I watched that little kid. He was right on. got to put him back. But when our little kids were little. <laughs> we traveled all across the United States. We were evangelists. And made our home in a, uh, in a bus. We, we, we bought an old bus. Took it off the Trail, uh, trailways, and and we put bunks in it and beds in it and kitchen and bathroom and whatnot and and uh, we were on the road for about ten years. Spoken about forty churches, forty-five churches a year. Then all summer long, we did youth camps. And we were just getting started, and uh, I was doing what's called a revival. Um, in a little town called Podo, Oklahoma. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And we hadn't been on the road for more than a year. And w- went into this little town and I preached my heart out. But they were not moved. I mean, they, they, just, they just looked at me like... And it dawned on me, there's some people that don't feel good until you make them feel bad. <laughs> You just whoop up on them and make them feel really bad, and then they'll feel good, right? Well, these were those, those folks. And, and, and I would preach, and I would open the altar, and nobody would come. They just looked at me like I was some kind of strange. About Thursday, and we started on Sunday, about Thursday, the pastor took me out to lunch. You've heard of people with the gift of encouragement. Your pastor has the gift of encouragement. There's no question about it. Well, there's some people that got a gift of discouragement. You know that, right? You're around them very long. You're going to just be discouraged. He's eating. He said, uh, said Doug, have you thought about doing anything else? He said, because clearly you're not good at this. And the more he talked, the more discouraged I got. And finally, when lunch was over, I, I, I was probably more discouraged than I'd ever been before in my life. I went back to church, and I, I, my wife was homeschooling the kids in the bus. I didn't want to tell her about the conversation. So I just went in the sanctuary, and I just was complaining to the Lord. Lord, we've left everything to do this. We've sold everything we own. We are living on a shoestring doing this. And now I've got a guy telling me this, and I I don't know what to do. And I sensed the Lord say to me one word, one word recount. Recount. I thought it was my imagination at first, so I kept complaining, and I heard the word again recount. And then I sense him say, recount my faithfulness. Okay, well, last year there was, a, no, he said, it, it seemed to me, I've never heard the Lord with my ears. I, I just want you to hear that. I never have. I heard him with my heart. One of the ways I know it's the Lord speaking to me is it, it isn't in keeping with what I was thinking. It's disassociated. You know, we have one thought, which leads to the next thought, which leads to the next thought, which leads to the next thought, right? And the Lord throws in a thought that didn't have any connection with what you were thinking. That's one of the ways I, I know it's the Lord. And, and I sensed him say, recount my faithfulness, but go all the way back. So I took out a, a yellow Lego pad, and I began to recount. Recounted when I was a kid and everybody teased me because I wet the bed. Wet the bed all the way till I went to college. I told the Lord, if I go to college and wet the bed, I'm coming home. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to endure. Somewhere between Youngstown and Mount Vernon, Ohio, something got healed. I never did again. I, I recounted, I was painting my home church in Youngstown and I fell off the ladder and broke my back in two places. That sounds a little drastic. It really was a compound fracture of two vertebrae. They just went, chooom. so I lost about an inch and a half from here to here. And, um, and the Lord was faithful in that. I got some insurance money out of that. Went to college debt-free because of that. And I'm, I'm recounting his faithfulness. And I recalled that One of the most beautiful girls that I ever met in my life said yes. She said yes. I moved up the wedding date so she couldn't change her mind. We just, we got married. And I remember going to work in a steel company and I was director of market research and I'd come home and I'd play the guitar and I'd cry. I hated my job, but I didn't know what else to do, and the Lord got me laid off, and I ended up going to seminary through a long string of events, and I was in seminary just a couple weeks when I realized this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do, and I saw his faithfulness, and when everybody else was borrowing money to go to seminary, the Lord got me a job at the university attached to the seminary, and I saved money. And, and I remember that when one of our children, we were pregnant with one of our children, and the doctor said, I don't know, you might want to abort this one. We're, we're thinking there might be some real problems. And we said, well, we'll deal with whatever problems are going to come. We're not going to abort a baby. The baby is born as healthy as can be. We've got four healthy kids. One of them ran the Akron Marathon yesterday. He's the one that was supposed to be spina bifida. (laughs) And I'm recounting this faithfulness. And then we graduated from seminary, and most of my friends were taking churches, but I didn't feel led to be a pastor. and, And all these churches were asking us to come and speak, and so we started doing that. And somehow everything fell in line financially, and we were making it. to Not getting rich, but we were making it. And I started taking notes, just sitting there. But after a while, I'm I'm starting to walk around. (laughs) And after a while, I'm starting to really walk around. And after a while, I'm thinking, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's been faithful in the past. He's faithful today. He'll be faithful tomorrow. Faithful is his name. He is faithful. I don't know where you are. Could be right now is a really tough time for you. Could be. I'm sure it is for several in this room. Maybe things are tough at the job. Maybe you don't quite have enough scratch at the end of the month. Maybe somebody you love hasn't returned the favor. This is a hard time. And we go through those times. But the more of those you go through, the more of those that you see that he brings his faithfulness to your account, the more we should each time we go through it say, wait a minute, right now this kind of stinks, but I know what's happening. And I know what's going to happen next because I know this. He's good. He is. And he loves with an enduring love. He's faithful. And he'll be faithful to you. And to you. To you. Because he can't deny himself. That's who he is. That's how he loves you our much loved son or daughter of the most high who is good who loves with an enduring love who is faithful throughout all generations faith faith now father we've just heard your word which is one thing it's another thing to own it and to have it apply to us and so now I pray That in your great love, you would allow this word to sink deep into hearts. No one looking around at all. If you are one that says, I needed to hear this today, I will leave here knowing his goodness, his faithfulness, his enduring love and you want it to go all the way down to the depth of your being, you needed this today, I'm just going to ask you to stand and we're going to have a special prayer for you. Would you please? Sure. Amen. 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 My Father in heaven, I know you love these people, Well, I'm so thankful that you right now are drawing them close into you and reminding them of your goodness, reminding them that you love with an enduring love, and reminding them that they cannot get beyond your faithfulness. Now, bless these ones, I pray. Bless them, I pray. Hear their prayer now, Lord. Go ahead, would you talk to them? Tell them what you need to tell them. Thank you for your love, your enduring love. We thank you for your goodness. And we thank you for your faithfulness that is every bit as real today as it was when David wrote these words 3,000 years ago. And would this reminder stay with us a while? Would we throw off the doubt and the fear that the enemy has placed in us? Would we throw off the fatalistic attitude? And would we trust you? Father, we've prayed for this pastor and his wife. I now pray for this church, and I thank you for it. And I pray, Father, that you would increase the influence of this church in our community. That it would be known as a place where you are honored. Where your word goes forth. Where lives are changed. People become new. Bless this church. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends. It's been so wonderful to share with you.